0: We're alive.
1: <laughs> Welcome. Here we are. Welcome, everyone. Nobody knife actually. Making
0: Down yeah. Under podcast. Back on our regular Thursday night, back with the regular Three Stooges. Corin from Gamaco and Artisan Supplies, me from Kev's Forge, and Mert from Tansu Knives, Nipple industry. And art. the knife art. Oh, no. I we, thought you, we thought you were tweaking a bit of nipple our way. From the Knife Art Association. Group. Knife I'm from uh, <laughs>
1: Knife I'm art. from
0: Five Finger Death, Five Finger Death Punch tonight.
1: I'm from <laughs> Sydney Knife Show.
0: I'm the odd one yes. out. Yeah, that's although a... my character does have
2: uh one of them knuckle dusters.
1: There you go. Look at They're that. Almost your t
2: your <laughs> t shirt says you live in you live in the basement. <laughs> <laughs> that's it.
0: <laughs> try to just yeah not let go of the youth
3: <laughs> uh, fuck you. i got this t-shirt
0: let, let's go on a little bit of a pre-covid time trip i can't even remember when it was it was a few years ago now my sister rings me up she was a she's a fan of um oh fuck, i just had him on the tip of my mind she's a fan of one of the uh heavy metal bands and one direction she's it's a heavy metal what direction, <laughs> not <tin> foil. <laughs> anyway, she's a fan. Uh, Avenge, she likes Avenge Sevenfold, so uh, she's she rings me up and she goes, Soundwave is on in Brisbane. You like Five Finger Death Punch, don't you? And I'm like, Oh, yeah, they're my favorite band at the time, still in the top three. And she goes, Oh, Avenge Avenged Sevenfold, like doing the headline act. She goes, You should come up to Brisbane and we'll go to it. So, yeah, lo and behold, we. We went. I went up to Brisbane just to go to Soundwave. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck, it was unreal. The weirdest thing, though, Five Finger Death Punch had the midday set. Hey, eh? seeing it, seeing your favourite heavy metal band in the
1: middle of the day in like
0: a twenty-eight degree bright sunshine Brisbane day was really fucking weird. Even they were like on the stage, looking up at the sky with the microphone, going, "We're really not sure what this blue stuff is up there, fellas," but yeah and that stage i'd be fucking full on beard going and trying to look a little bit intimidating so i didn't get mushed in the mosh pit but that was fantastic and it's just every now and then i see this in there and i've just got to get it out and relive and i get into the car and chuck on spotify do you know
1: what pisses me off and thanks for everyone for joining we're going to start talking about knives in a second we'll just give people a bit of time to start do you know what pisses me off is walking down the street seeing somebody some young fella in a dead kennedy shirt and I say, fuck it, Kennedys. They rock. And the only reason they fucking wear it is because it says too drunk to fuck. And they're like, oh, is that what that is? DK. What's DK? It's
2: too hip. Fucking. Yeah.
1: Take a holiday in well, at least in Cambodia,
0: this, has got the, this has got the tour dates. All right. This has got the tour dates on right. the back. I can say, where yeah, where man. I was there. I,
2: I, th- I, I thought this was a coffee shop.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. we got 80 people, which is uh, which is good. Let's get started. So, You've got how many? 80 oh, my god. Guys, oh, it's, okay. like, it's been a month. It's been a month since
2: I've done a podcast with you guys. Long time no see.
1: I've
0: I
2: I boarded like we, issue cabbages. Oh,
1: yeah.
0: We went on and checked the metrics and our our viewers and followers for the last about a month.
1: Oh, which oh. is the
0: eighty we've got tonight. We'll just keep an eye on that eighty.
1: Yeah, nice one. See how they oh, go. Is that all? Is that all? <laughs> all right. So here okay. we go.
2: Knife making it's, down It's been a month. Fuck you, Kev.
1: <laughs> We're caught up now. We're good to go. Uh. So, what have you been <laughs> up to, Mert? It hasn't been a month for us. Only you, because you're a bludger. We've been working. We've been recording and doing our thing. Uh,
2: yeah! So, what did, I, what, keeping the community what did I? active. What did I do? So, last weekend, I I was messaging. I was messaging this old fella. I don't know if you guys know him. Your old Andrew fella, Blomfield. the old. Well, if I fella, with the old fella. I never message it. <laughs> That's just and, sick. <laughs> look, it, this is this is not a. <laughs> I'm, I'm not talking about like a story like the, uh, chop knives kind of thing like an old, old fella messaging me. I'm talking about. I was talking to Andrew Blomfield, oh. who's a very talented, very talented maker in, in northern New South Wales. <laughs> And I, we managed to arrange it, arrange the weekend, so I went there to learn some engraving and golden lay. Yeah. And in the meantime, I showed him something alien for him, which is the kitchen knives. It was an absolutely fun weekend and for both of us because if you leave me alone, every weekend I'll be making damn stupid kitchen knives over and over. And same thing, he'll be making art knives, but we both got out of our comfort zone. I tried to learn engraving, which is... Fucking hard, bitch is hard as and.
1: I thought you did really well. I thought so. What? You went and saw your old fella, and it was hard as. <laughs> Sorry, I just missed a bit in the middle there.
0: And he gave, he gave rubbed it, and tried some engraving on it. Ah, did a a pr- bit of prison ink.
1: So tell what me, I thought, tell though. me, Andrew Blomfield is <laughs> Andrew Blomfield is famous for one thing, and it's not his knives. It's the size of his, not his old fella, his shed.
2: Ah, uh, yeah, so man his his shed is slightly larger than mine. That's all.
0: How many of Corin's sheds do you
2: think it would be? Three or four.
1: No, nah, it's more four
2: to see. No, no, he got a new shed. It's probably four to six.
1: Six times the size yeah. of mine? Oh, it's, bigger <laughs> it's bigger than six that.
2: It's bigger than that. Six times he is six times the size of yours and it's thicker and longer. <laughs> <laughs>
0: It's the girth that counts, apparently. How big is his shop? How wide? Yeah.
2: Yeah.
1: Well, there you go. So, Mert. I never claim to be anything I'm not. G'day, Yevad from Hong
0: Kong. Nice to see you. Yep. Mert, what I thought was really cool because you sent me a few pictures about your um, trip up to see with your play with your old fella. Um, I was really taken back by how um, obviously how valued you are in Andrew's eyes. Because when when I saw your engraving, I thought it was really awesome that you were. That he took the time to learn Turkish, and so that you could do some Turkish script on your engraving blocks. That's what you were doing, wasn't it? <laughs> or were they meant to be spirals?
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> you got to see the pictures.
1: <laughs> I've missed my friend, man. Where are they? Are they on the Instagram? I'll bring them up.
2: Not yeah, no, no, uh, no. Hey, look, I, I put them on Instagram, but Corinne, I'm going to Corin send did. you a link. So, so, the first day, look, we're trying to. I'm trying to learn, and the first day is the worst the, the because learning curve is steep, but everything is new, and either way, you're learning or things are over getting over complicated, and you suddenly feel okay, like yeah, I can do straight lines, and just before I go into bed, Andrew says, okay. I want Could you to look at this. Book. No, he gives me a book about the master engravers and their work, and he says, "Look, I didn't want to show you this book, but it might give you an idea or inspiration." who Fuck me. Ah, <laughs> uh, Cor Let me just let me just send you the link. <laughs> let me just one second. Let me just send you the link, and I'm I'm so happy. Like I'm making some sketches. They look okay, and. Then he shows me this book and he shows me these engravings. And let me just text it to you over the messenger. And it's like, oh, look at this. He shows me this shit. People engraved guns and all the other stuff. And you feel like, damn, you're fucking useless. You can never be this good. corn I just sent you this link.
1: I can't so even the, fucking the link that I... write neatly. How am I going to scratch neatly?
3: Exactly.
2: Hell oh, yeah. So the link that I said is from a mass engraver from Mike Dubber, I think. This guy makes a set of a 1911 pistol and a knife. So the left side of the knife, left side of this gun, shows the Pacific Theater. Oh, sorry, uh, the Europe Theater of the American Army, and shows like these engraved of a. Uh... Can you see it, Corey?
1: I pulled it up on the to screen. Look at the... What am I looking? Go Scroll, down. Yeah
2: scroll down click on the pictures so the right side of this gun i think shows the pattern who was the commander in the european jesus. theater jesus the yeah get get closer
1: like in the
2: pictures
1: yeah it is what it is right people can go on there it's engravingtransfers.com
2: uh what i will do is i will put the link on the facebook group if you look at, underneath the gun There's a there's a scene the guy engraved. There's a Messerschmitt 109 chasing a Mustang or something, and he this guy engraved the fucking bullets coming out of the airplane in gold. There's these there's these Shermans and the Tiger tanks engraved in fucking gold. If you look at the other side of the gun, the other side is depicting depicting the Pacific Theater where U.S. Army is fighting the, um, who's the general, uh, MacArthur? MacArthur? Yeah, MacArthur. So you look at it, it shows the Pacific Theater and pictures of Iwo Jima and landing and all that shit. And I'm, I'm feeling good because I managed to make it one fucking long scratch that looks borderline straight.
0: Hmm. Yeah. yeah, The time no, that these I'm... guys invest into this to get to that level, though, is just absurd. Yeah
1: yeah and you gotta you gotta have a
0: so our um, bruce barnett has been doing engraving for a while and he, he's done a couple of lessons over in the us with i can't remember the lady's name off hand but she's a master engraver and like i said this sort of stuff you see you see their work with this sort of stuff and you just hard to believe that they're sitting down with one of those bloody magnifying setups.
2: It's a microscope. Just, we were looking under the yeah, microscope. Microscope, just no, mine's bigger than the that.
0: All that you turn around.
1: Oh, sorry. What?
2: <laughs>
0: it's the
2: girth. It's the girth.
0: Okay. Stop that gold the sinus inlay.
1: Gold.
0: <laughs> but that gold inlay and follow-up engraving on that stuff's just absolutely mad. But madness. what
1: gets me is like that gun, right? That's a what's that a nine eleven or something? You guys tell me. I'm not a gun. I think nine eleven. Yeah. Okay. So look at this, right? That's the serial number there, right? He's he's engraved yeah. the serial number deeper and inlaid it. But the serial numbers, like miles off being straight, can you imagine being the guy that engraved that gun, looking at the serial number from the factory and thinking, yeah. oh, fuck, could have done better can't than even, that. The factory can't <laughs> even
0: get it straight. Could have
1: done <laughs> better than that. <laughs> shit. If you look at it, if you zoom in on it, the three, the first three is well down. It's like, pff, shit job. <clears throat> but you can't blame the engraver for the factory serial number. So, there we go.
0: Yeah.
1: Hmm.
0: And one of our, look well, Reasonably regular guest hasn't been on for a while. Henning, he does a bit of the um, gold inlaid engraving. He, he so you, did, on yours, yes, Henning
2: does gold inlay. Does, yeah, you Hedding did a little bit of gold.
0: gold yeah, you did some gold inlay on yours, didn't you? Yeah, I did. Man, you must have really cuddled up to Andrew for that.
2: Uh, look, it, it was a sore walk in the morning to. Get the ball of <laughs> <laughs> Worth
1: it. it was a two carat walk <laughs> oh you f- all right uh. so, right i That's actually cool, man. Like- i actually have an engraving story and i could run down and get it but i got some barrel knives back that have all been engraved um with maker's marks and stuff because i get it. i send them away i sent them down to um young danae Uh, danae creswell for those that know and she's a fantastic engraver she hasn't been engraving on the scene for a while she's going through a few um sort of getting her life sorted out down in melbourne but she's looking to get started again soon so stay tuned for her to come back on the field and get some get some knives uh get some knives engraved engraved when the time comes so yeah she did up she did my last oh well she did three barrel knives so andrew smith if you're out there your one's engraved my wife's one, and there's another one going to a another guy. So, yeah, there you go.
0: Sweet. She does good work too. Fuck. Very talented. Very talented. Yeah, she is. She did a scrimshaw of my little dog, Jojo, my whippet, Kelpie Cross, onto a piece of mammoth ivory, uh, quite a small pendant size. And fuck me, it's a, it's a replica of the picture I sent her. It's unreal.
1: Yeah, no, she's... She's mint, mint. So anyway, that's, um, it's good to see anyway. It's good to talk to her. Uh, and yeah, just stay tuned. Keep following her, follow her on Instagram. Danae, uh, engraving by Danae on Instagram, I think it is. She'll find it. It's out there. And yeah. um, give her a follow because when she's back on the scene, uh, stand back, guys. There'll be heaps of cool stuff coming out there. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, so Mert, how, of- how did Andrew go? How did Andrew go with his kitchen knife? instruction
2: look look andrew was no different than me he was fish out of water because the way he does things and you know kevin if you do the hunting knives they are easier to grind compared to kitchen knives because you're not taking things to limit and him being doing him being doing art knives and boobies and things like like a muscle memory of how to grind boobies and things like that but when we were doing kitchen knives, it was it was like a it was a it was a difference because he grinds on the tool rest, and to be able to oh, get yeah. the to be able to get the geometry dialed in, we tried. But at, at one point, I was like, "Man, you gotta take the tool rest out," because yeah. what I do is I grind freehand, and one thing I do I think helps me with the, to be able to get the nice finished easier is I grind I change directions during grinding i grind horizontally at 50 grit then i go to 120 grit i change directions just to make sure by time i finish on the belts at 400 grit i can start with the disc grinder at 400 or i can just start with the hand sanding by 400. so it was a new concept so we we both learned things and we we, i think he just uh, showed me the pictures of the night that he finished while i was we worked on it while i was there and he finished well, as soon as I left, so he, he learned quite a bit in terms of how to get the geometry dialed in, which is the most of the thing, as you know, learning the proper geometry for kitchen knife.
1: So yeah. just to guys, just so for all the people out there that don't know Andrew Blomfield, his uh, Instagram is lorienforge, L-O-R-I-E-N, lorienforge. No,
2: don't, don't, don't guide him to his Instagram. His Instagram is fucking awful. <laughs> one third of the pictures. I think I'm. So the real story. We're on the Brisbane. We're on the Queensland knife <clears> show. He's two tables, or like he's one table right next to me, and he has these beautiful knives with the incredible mosaic Damascus. And he's just looking at him like Andrew. Are you taking pictures? Like no, oh, no. Have you put these knives on the on Instagram? Oh, no, no. I said, what's your password? Oh, I don't know. Let me just put my glasses on. For fuck's sake. Yeah. Which pair?
0: He, <clears throat> he wears about four
2: pairs. I just I just took over his phone. I posted some pictures saying, uh, this is a knife I just finished. I'm at the, this show. Come see me. And this knife is available. And he's getting rained with the messages. And he's turning around. I got five blogs asking me to buy this knife. What do I do?
1: We'll sell the fucking thing. Look at that. <laughs>
2: sell the fucking thing.
1: Look at that.
2: That that's that's an overkill. That that knife is overkill. (laughs) The amount of shit that's in there.
0: But admittedly, that was made for the Sydney Knife Show, Art Knife category specifically, so it suits its purpose.
2: Yes. Yes. Do you remember when I? I I think I met him in 2016 Sydney Knife Show, and he had like a he was carrying something wrapped up in a rag. And, oh, you want to see the first knife I made? I'm, I'm expecting, like, some rough-as-gut shit. Yeah. And he he unveils it. He opens the little rag kitchen towel or whatever that is. It's a... It's a Kullian dagger in some some random pattern Damascus. Oh, this is my first knife. And me and Chad, we're like, what the fuck? I like that
0: yeah, one. It was just on
2: me. Yeah, that's the one. If you go back, that's the one and just... Not that one. The one before he he one. finished with David Lish. You can see yeah. David Lish influence on that one. Yeah, he, he one. makes art Come on. Yeah, that that one. Incredible Damascus yeah. and.
1: Yep.
0: Very good. Well, that would have been exciting.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah he
0: was excited.
1: One thing about Andrew Blomfield, yeah, ah, uh, he's a he's a great guy. Good customer. Great guy. Yep. All right. There we go. He's a very
0: enthusiastic he's a very enthusiastic person in the knife scene and um, if you can just scrape off a little bit of the, his enthusiasm and take it with you, you'll be set
1: for life. Nah he's awesome. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So what have you guys been up to? Well,
2: Yeah, well, Kev... fucking
1: nothing compared to that.
2: Yeah. <laughs> um
0: well I I put up a little update on my Facebook page, on the Kev's Forge Facebook page tonight because um, probably for the last five or six weeks, I've been, um, battling with a recurrence of a, a long, long running back injury. I, I buggered my back when I was about, uh, 19 years old. So going back a long time ago, people, 28 years ago, uh, and I've quietly been, doing my fuck? head in, quietly doing my head in over the last five weeks or so, um, with this recurrence in the pain, it's basically fucking hammered me in the head, put a stop, second stop to the business on top of the COVID stop. Um, good things, you know, talking to Herbie on his podcast uh, was probably good timing because, you know, you get into that mental health th- thing and you talk to people that have got their own struggles in different sort of areas and makes you think a bit about things and prioritise things. So my priority was ditching the old doctor, the old medical help, which weren't helping getting a new guy that's really fucking good and trying to fast-track getting better. But the medical system, fast-tracking just fucking takes weeks. You get excited when you get in for a, for a scan in two weeks' time. So, yeah, um, things were a little bit worse, actually, on the inside of my body uh, than I was actually expecting, which, has, which is kind of something. Um, I've got a lot of things to deal with. The priority at the moment and what's caused me the most grief is I had a chunk of disc because I had heaps of prolapse discs and stuff, but I had a chunk of disc break off and fall down and wedge itself against my sciatic nerve, um, which just anyone that's had sciatic nerve, and I've had people reach out that have had the problem or got the problem. It's it's probably one of the worst things you can get. Sciatic nerve pain, it's there the whole time and it never fucking lets up. And it just starts to...
2: Yeah, Yeah. You remember I've been sharing this thing about with the sciatic nerve. You know, like I'm Mm. suffering the same thing with my left sciatic. And I'm a former athlete. I'm a former basketball player. I played for professionally. And I was a very super athlete and jumping and dunking all over and shit. Now, I have to lift my left leg up to be able to put fucking pants on.
0: (laughs) You and I have joked about it. Uh, And I joked about it with me, mate, Butchie Blades. Butch. Um, the fucking thing like you've got this pain which is enough to deal with as it is you have this constant fucking nagging it's like a five year old stabbing you in the fucking sciatic nerve yeah. it's an ADHD um, attention starved child that's just tall enough to stab you in the fucking ass cheek and down your leg the whole fucking time if that's but not enough it's the, it's the humiliating things like you know having to fucking take 10, 15 minutes, twenty minutes. Sometimes, to put a fucking sock on.
2: Oh, fucking sucks! I I feel like <laughs> I feel like I'm about to put socks on. I've been attacked by a fucking Chucky underneath my bed. Like, Ugh, you can put the fucking yeah. socks on.
0: <laughs> I've spent. You might want to switch off the mental pictures here, but I've spent a couple of days in my house, just wearing underpants and one sock because that's as far as I've fucking got to getting dressed before I called it quits <laughs> it's not it's not a pretty thing you're hoping that the delivery guy doesn't rock up or you just uh ah, leave it at the door mate I'll get it in a second ah, so I'm full commando and, oh, full commando yeah, it. so it's a yeah, I've seen some guy a lot of guys on here sort of talking about it man it's it's something I've dealt with for a long time and I've, I've had operations I've had things with it I normally just deal with it and it, it comes and goes in spits and spats. And this one was just particularly bad. And when, when I say it's bad, it's like going from that um, background noise of about a two or three, which is constantly there in the pain scale, to a fucking 10 plus, just fucking bang. Um, but the good thing is I've got a good doctor now. I've seen one of the best um, back and spine specialists there is. He's assured me we can treat this for now anyway without surgery which was a big worry of mine a big concern um i've got a long way to go in the whole big scheme of things but i'm on the right track now i'm I'm using some medications and today i went and got some uh cortisone injections i was telling corin before we went live um got the cortisone injections where they first of all inject the back with local anesthetic and then the cortisone and it was the first time in about I know five years or more that i've been that pain-free for about four hours <laughs> i really enjoyed it went for a walk with my wife with the dog and i was like "Fuck yeah!" i just feel fucking great i was standing tall and then when we we're having dinner and stuff and i was sitting on the couch waiting she's like oh how are you going and it's like starting like i am now moving fidgeting around a bit more to try and get comfortable it's like yeah it's back so hopefully in a couple of days the cortisone will be good um but that's that's the like the last five to six weeks Um, CBD oil. Listen, I had some CBD oil in the US and it was really good. Um, at the time, Uh, I'm looking at all sorts of different avenues. The only thing I've got to worry about, well, even like the THC based ones probably better take more pain (laughs) away. Um, but I've just got to obviously take into account, um, medicinal bro, workshop, (laughs) workshop people in there and insurance. So As much as I'd like to do the um, natural medication, I've got to just take into account all the legalities of it. Uh, More weed. I'd have to start smoking weed, mate. Uh, Don't smoke weed. Not to say I haven't, but I don't now. Um, But no, it's um, progressing well. It's slowed me down. Like I've been in the workshop a couple of times, had some small wins. I finished two small hunting knives recently that I'm very happy with. And i started work on a set of kitchen knives for a guy that he's been busting my chops with enthusiasm to get these things and I'm hanging out to do it. So, you know, it's it's pretty awesome. I'm I'm getting back in there. I've just got to take my time and you know, not fuck it up by doing something stupid. Yeah. So look you know, I appreciate everyone's yeah. shout outs, I appreciate everyone's suggestions for alternate therapies and whatnot, but trust me. 28 years of dealing with this, I'm I'm across probably 95% of the things, Um, and I know what works and what doesn't, you know, and, you know, we all sort of deal with things a little bit differently or react to things a little bit differently, but on the mend, I'm pretty, pretty happy. I've been a bit of a wet blanket um, up until sort of last couple of days pretty much, but yeah, finished a Twister W's Hunter today, well, yesterday early this morning. Uh,
2: that double, that, that W2 knife that you did, W2, how much? Oh, the
0: kitchen one? one, yeah.
2: Yeah, that looks really nice.
0: Yeah, that's was was that was, um, that been sitting on the bench. I just needed a quick 1,000 grit finish and an etch, and that was a small win as well. It was like, fuck, what can I do in my workshop where I'm not just feeling like a fucking complete useless fuck. Um, and a couple of people have seen the photo Reference photo on my Kevs Forge page, and my workshop's pretty fucking clean at the moment. The light duties thing, cleaning—I think I've gone a little bit overboard.
1: Spit polishing, yeah. Yeah. No. Well, that's it. Not exciting, but good news—you got some relief on the horizon.
0: Yeah. Look, you know, and I've got a good support group of support people. Like that's the same with um, the podcast with Herbie, which. I think we've just put live up now as the podcast. Um, you've got to have a good network of people that you can trust, that you can talk to. And then when you have a little bit of a, a vent, particularly if you're, you know, suffering in pain, pain with me, unfortunately, um, leads to me getting quite angry. <laughs> I just fucking hate pain. So I get angry. The angry is my vent. So I, I get a bit frustrated and I can vent to certain people and they, I think they understand that, you know, I'm not cranky at them. I'm just cranky with the fact that
1: is that your I'm way of saying, is that fucking... your way of saying sorry, Kev, because you hurt my feelings. <laughs> and I, I honestly don't think that's good enough. I'm still sad. Well, I'm still sad.
0: I'm trying to get better to the point where I can come up to your place for that yeah. hammering, and then and then I'll give you a pat on the back and say there, there.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's it. Give me a cuddle. All right, all right. So there we go. Anything else, mate? What else?
0: Yeah, no, no. A lot of people seem to be, from just looking at some of the comments on here, a lot of the people on here seem to be having issues with their back. You're not alone. Um, it's a funny thing, especially when I was younger. I really struggled because, you know, being a bigger bloke, um, you know, you're big, you look strong, and people can't see what's going on, on the inside. So naturally, people just, you know, take the wrong view. I, I have, like, after I first hurt my back and had it, Surgery and stuff. I got into weightlifting, um, sort of powerlifting stuff for a while there and super strong and stuff. But with what's going on on the inside now, there's more wrong than not. So I just got to watch what I do with that shit as well. You got, yeah, you don't you got to, 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 to keep active though. Yeah. Every day, every day with the exception of one or two, i I've got out, done a half an hour walk with the dogs regardless. Just, just got to fucking keep active. You can't sit on your ass and fucking um, not do anything or you'll end up worse. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, paint the floor. Carlos said said paint the floor. The funny thing with that well, is my wife and I moved a few things into the workshop the other day, lighter things with her help, and then I got the broom, went to sweep the floor and put my fucking back out again. Well, that's how frustrating it can be. I It's like sweeping the floor.
2: <laughs> Speaking of the thing like uh, hemp or CBD, are my local idea was selling hemp oil. I think that's the best politically correct way of saying like that doesn't include thc
0: it's not quite the same as cbd yeah,
1: I, I can't i yeah, can't comment
0: yeah anyway i had some cbd oil oil when i was in the us and yeah. cuz it was legal in the state that i was in and but but cbd it didn't have the thc well, it didn't have the thc but it's got is all is it
2: illegal in australia uh
0: i don't think it's legal anymore it's like daggers man some states have different rules and regulations
1: Mm. so you know yeah you're just gonna play it by ear i I, I don't know about um i'm not an expert on that either so yeah there we go nah so yeah i um i went bushwalking last week yeah i i'm doing my head in at work i'm just a bit like i've had a enough right And I know all you guys are nice guys and everything else, but I'm just sort of, I'm at a point in my life where I think, I just don't fucking, I just want something to go right for a change. You know, and so when I started, when I started my life, if you like, back as a teenager, it all started for me going bushwalking. I loved bushwalking. And it was a guy by the name of Adrian Ellison who ran a a thing called Wilderness Lifestyles. And he used to take us out and teach us how to remote area nav. So I'll bring up something on the screen, show you guys just something, right? Um, let me get it up here. And you as will see, there's a place out here where I learned to navigate, which is called Yango National Park. And if you look at that, there's no roads in that picture. There's There's nothing, right? It's just... Mountains, yeah, ridges. you showed you showed me this the other day yeah, when yeah. you were going out there, and I was like, yeah. "What the hell?" And and so, what we had to do, we built up. He built this this system up where you had to do, you know, first half day walks without um, a leader, so it was just a few kids, and you'd you'd have to navigate through a through a, like a maze of ridges or whatever, and come out the other side. And then you'd do like a half day, and then you'd do a day, and then you'd start doing some solo stuff. And then, anyway, we built up, I got up, I got up to what was called Green Badge. And in Green Badge, you had to do three days off track with um, a small party, four kids. We were all just either 14 or just turned 15. And um, we had to find our way to a place called Mount Meruben, which everybody said had the best fucking view. It was awesome, right? And so, we went out there, we we planned our route, we walked out there, back when I was 15, just turned 15, and we got there, and there was no fucking view, there's just a can on an ant's nest, and scrub like you've never seen in your life, so we we bash through the scrub, we find this can, we write, there's a visitor's book there, so we write in the visitor's book, you know, Corin was here, whatever. and I thought, wow, that was fucking waste of time, or whatever, and away I went, so... But we thought it was great it was like what got me started in in adventuring like it got me started i went on to do my advanced certificate on in outdoor guiding i went on to do you know regional commissioner for adventurous activities for the scouts i've done a whole bunch of stuff around that kayaking around new zealand whole bit that just came from from those early days and it's sort of been tearing at me that the fires went through there they burnt 85 percent of yango national park and i thought. You know, it'd be a total fucking waste of time. But, because when I get there, the visitor's book's going to be gone, right? Someone's either taken it or it's burnt or it's flooded and washed away or whatever. So I've gone, <clears throat> all right, well, it'll be a waste of time, but it's worth doing. So we, you can see this picture here. So if I zoom in on it just a little bit of it, I want to show you something that I've always found quite intriguing on this map. And it's this little volcanic, um, it's probably a diatreme here. See this little crater? And it's like it's burst out over the side here. And I've thought, I'd like to go visit that. I'll go and visit that, and then we'll go up Mount Meruben. So we came in over the ridges um, to that crater, me and a mate, on uh, on the weekend, just Saturday, just gone. For Thursday night, we walked in. Uh, we had a bit of a navigational faux pas. It was pitch black night, pissing down rain. But anyway, you get that sort of shit. Stuff happens and um we ended up where we wanted to be that night so so that was pretty cool and we kept well, we walked out on the ridges to um to this little to this little volcanic sort of crater and then that was a mad valley that's a, that's mad like totally mad no not named or anything just a little place and it just is really cool uh it is it is a crater of some you, just it is you know so we walked down into uh, onto the Yengo Creek here, and then we walked up Mount Meruven the next day. So we're climbing up Mount Meruven. The whole area is just totally bullshit burnt, like burnt to a crisp. So I've got some pictures there, and you can sort of get a bit of a, an idea of it. So if you're interested, I'll put some of them up. Just bear with me. This is me. Um, Corin was here, sort of shit. Bear with me. Uh, well maybe i don't have a picture but it was burnt to a crisp sort of like uh, sort of like that right and i thought total waste of time we're going to get to this visitor's book and it's just going to be totally gone but anyway whatever we're getting up there aris has got a headache he starts f- throwing up and he's like oh, i don't know if i can make it i'm like we're one and a half k's away dude like toughen up princess sort of thing but um <clears throat> It was, it was pretty sick. I'm just joking about that, actually. It was pretty sick. We thought we'd had to we have to turn home, and I was I was kind of gutted because, you know, you've just walked for a day and a half, and I didn't really want to go home. Anyway, we got up onto Mount Meruben and we found the visitor's book, and here it is. There's probably a picture of it here somewhere just lying in the dirt. Here we go, next to the ant's nest. The ant's nest is still there. You see the big ant's nest here. There's the can. There's the visitor's book just lying in the dirt in a metal tin. So I've opened it up. You can see on my Facebook, you'll see the video of me opening it up, picking it up for the first time, and and opening it up. And there, and there in the book, there in the book, dated the 12th of October, 1990, 30 odd years ago. That's what I wrote. <laughs> wow, what a total waste of time, Corin Urquhart. P.S. What a a shit place to put put a a (laughs) can next to an ant's nest. So there you go. That was my little, uh, I I saw that. So nothing's changed. Nothing's nothing's changed, changed, mate. Yeah. And so we walked home and it was just a bit, it was really good. And um, we had a good time. So yeah, really nice. I'm itching to get back out there, actually. I'm itching in general because I'm covered in scratches and mosquito bites and all the crap. Yeah, you saw your legs. Yeah, I know. They were pretty rooted. i got a picture of that there, too, probably. Um, yeah, here they are here. Look, everyone loves my legs, don't they? Look. <laughs> um, I was just smashed, mate. It was just... Most of it was thick scrub and shitty and... Fuck yeah, hell. Yeah, I was done. I was nailed. So, that was me... Um, yeah, that was me weekend in a nutshell. Uh, and then we powered out. Yeah, that's cool. We were going to do it in three days, but we actually did it in two days. We had to walk out in the dark on, on Saturday night, so... Has your handwriting improved, Corrin? No, dude. My handwriting is exactly the same now <laughs> as it was then. Should have been a doctor. Just a minute. I've got a question here. It says, Owen Ward. Corin, I have a serious land nav question for you in relation to map and compass nav. I will ask you off air if that's cool. Yeah, I've got a, um, I've got a couple of tutorials online I can give you as well, which will be perhaps helpful. I've taught navigation uh, in scouts and... Um, yeah, for years, actually. So, yeah, more than happy to help with anything to do with map and compass navigation. Yeah. Anyway, there you go. And um, that's that was my weekend. I had, had very little to do with knives. I carried a, a little more out there, and that was it, as I do. I was going to ask
0: you if you took a knife out, yeah.
1: Uh, Tim says, do you do geocaching, Corrin? Uh Tim, I, I it's technology. I'm very uh, used to a map and compass, but the freaking GPS things I still find scary. Sorry and one up from that comment
0: pointy wants to know what did you write in at this time
1: okay so to be honest with you it's sitting on a table behind me it's so it was soaking yeah. wet absolutely if you go to not see the video it was dripping water um and so i packed it up in a snap lock bag and carried it out i put it replaced it with a there hadn't been an entry for 10 years so this the first entry in the book was wow. from 1986 uh four years before i for five years before i got there and the last entry was 2010. i um i recovered the book i'm gonna i've dried it out and i'm gonna go and do something with it probably digitize it and take it back out but in the meantime sitting up on there is a just a little notebook that i left up there with a, a note in it saying what i'd done with the original book and my contact details so yes uh, in the words of pointy hk i nicked it yeah i did but I, oh, no. I just couldn't see it die okay. out there. So, as I said, I've left yeah, a note yeah. out there. If anyone wants to go out there and have a look, you're the most welcome. Yeah.
0: Well, you were talk when we were talking about you going out there, that was one of your big concerns was, is this book still going to be there? It's
1: all I could think and about. And
0: if it is, how is it going to look?
1: But you've got to imagine looked, my face. There, it looks shit. You've got to imagine my face. Oh. We've climbed up the spur to, to Mount Meruben. and we've got a, a, about a one and a half K walk from the top along the ridge to to the can, right? And then back again, say so three kilometers. And Aris, my mate, is throwing up. And he's like, um, he's got a headache. And he's like, dude, I don't think I can make it. I think we have to turn back. I, I don't think I can do it. And I'm like.
0: Suck it up, princess. No,
1: I didn't say that. You can't. You can't. You can't do <laughs> I know. It, You know? But I felt, I know, it. It, I felt it. I felt it. I felt it. But to his credit. You were
2: contemplating. You were thinking like, what if I say it? Tiny so, bit, little bit.
1: Yeah, so I said to him, no, let's just sit down, have a cuppa, we'll just have a brew, sit down, take your time. We worked out that what was different to what he normally does is he was carrying a map case, which he normally wouldn't do. He's a track walker. And I think it was putting pressure on him up here. Yeah. We took the map case off, a couple of Panadols. He was right as rain for the rest of the day. So I, I don't know if that was it, but it cleared it up. So anyway, we got, we got there yeah. and... I was super grateful, of course, because on account of, well, I didn't really want to turn back. It would be a, half I was going to
0: say it was Market. a long way to go to turn around. Oh
1: it is, mate. Oh man. Huge. So, but you know, disappointed. and then, you know, we pumped our way out at it, you know, some nice blue, beautiful creeks and rivers and quicksand and that's Mount Yengo. So, you know, the little mountain up the back, there's Mount Yengo Mount Rubens behind the scrub over here.
0: Yeah. So it's pretty solid.
1: That's Yengo. Is solid. That big one. That she's big. That's about 200 meters above Maruben. More than that. Two, wow.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. So Tomo Ingraz asked, "What stove do you use, Corrin?"
1: I run an Optimus Crux, but I don't. I don't use it at all. Typically, uh, in this current weather, uh, we will make a twig fire and cook on a twig fire. So we don't use stoves nice. at all. But I do take one because there are times when you wanna you wanna cook up or whatever, and it's um like it might be pissing down rain. So I've got a little Optimus Cracks, I think it is. So, yeah. I'm
0: old school. I have a Trango, and I just not long ago upgraded to the gas insert. <laughs> Before that, I was using the little oil canister <laughs> to, to cook
2: my food.
1: Yeah, yeah. What was that?
2: When is our hunting slash camping
1: trip? Well, for me, when I'm more mobile... I'm I'm good to go. I'm I'm keen. I, think yeah. we, I, I just well I'm telling the missus we're I just going need to hunting, be able to but walk. I'm just I going just to take a case of whiskey yeah. and we'll sort the rest out as we go. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, that's it. I just need to be mobile enough to walk from the fucking seat to the esky, so that when you guys get back from hunting the beasties, I can get drunk more.
1: Well, my my uh my next trip will probably be well my next trip will definitely be down to see uh, Mal and Lee Hannon. I'm staying down there on doing a bit of fishing. Yeah so yeah scott reynolds
0: has scott reynolds has offered to take us on a little bit of a um, guided hunting expedition
1: at his place too he's offered me a few that will be good yeah
0: yeah that we've got to take him up on that that's good that's not far from mert's place let's do it yeah
1: yeah scott reynolds we'll
0: have to get on we'll have to get scotty on the podcast one day yeah fuck um he makes a very very clean knife we'll
1: we'll take the recorder up there and we'll just sit up there and record face to face with Scotty. good idea yeah yeah that'd be awesome on a, on a I actually I've just bought myself
0: yeah yeah I've just bought myself uh, one of the Dji osmo pocket cameras and we can set that up and just set it off to the side and record it and we can record it up in uh, 4k and then create a little YouTube podcast yeah. shoot yeah. from a golf buggy mate I have played so many rounds of golf from a golf buggy and never actually got a club out of the back of it. I love golf by golf buggy. <laughs> Hunting would be just as good.
1: <laughs> Tomo says Trangia with the gas inserts great. Had one for years. I, I'm a I'm a very much a lightweight hiker these days, um, mainly because I'm yeah. fat and I don't want to carry a big backpack. So I actually no, that, that I can I'll just I can grab my stove. Look, I will a second. You guys keep chatting. Wait a
0: the only problem I find with the trangia is I'm not a bad cook at home, but when you get out in the bush and you get distracted, uh, most of the time I used mine was quite a few years ago. I was actually into rock climbing when my back was reasonable. Um, and we'd go down to Mount Arapiles and stay down there for about a week at a time or more. And same as what Coran was saying, we'd just pack light. And I'd, I'd cook majority of my meals in my trangia, but you know, you get distracted for five minutes and all of a sudden you've got 20 minutes worth of cleaning on the freaking things. But they're, they're a very good old school method of cooking. The jet boils and stuff now, fuck, they're phenomenal. They're phenomenal. They're, they're, bloody, they're the business. But funny story, when I went rock climbing with two of my mates, one mate and I were into the lightweight, packing and we went and bought dehydrated veggies and pastas and stuff and then we pick up my mate and he walks out with an 80 80 liter esky <laughs> he's got curries and avocados <laughs> all sorts of shit in there and guess who didn't eat their fucking dried veggies for the week <laughs> it's like fuck that we're eating curries <laughs> so certain people pack light so people don't pack light
1: yeah that's yeah that's my whole cooking kit right there. So you've got a one-litre Billy. Yep. Just a shitty old little fucking super light fork. Yeah. And that's the stove. Yep. Right? And it just goes straight onto the gas canister. Bango. Everything yeah. I need. Awesome. Most of the time I just cook in that on we make a little bushcraft, um, we'll make a little bit bushcraft pot holder. And we'll just have a twig fire to boil the billy. So, it's very rare that I use the stove. Yeah. So, there you go. All right. Very good. Yeah, there you go. Just need a billy with a handle so you can hang it, see? It's important. Yeah. All right. Where are we at?
0: Right. Oh, we've talked shit for a while. We have. Not not a lot to do with knives except for merts. Well, um, love in with Andrew.
1: Yeah, man hugs with Mert.
0: Man hugs with Mert. What um we were talking, Corin, about doing another read from the history books? Did you ever think about
2: that?
1: Yeah, I can do that. I didn't Guys, think
2: about it b- b- before, Corin. Before you go on that, I just need to. I just want to like point out. We've been talking about the Paragon Kilns and the, the new Pro Series. When I went to Andrew's shop, I gave him the steel and I said, Oh, you might want to turn on the kiln because it's going to come temperature and all that. And he's like, yeah, it's okay. And he had the yeah. Pro Series. This motherfucker turns on the kiln. He goes in. He cuts the steel on the bandsaw. We're doing a stock removal. And he just like profiles it slightly in 10 minutes. It's at temperatures.
1: It's fucking fast, man. First time out.
2: I, if, if you told me, like, if you told me, like, yeah, 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 I'm, I'm sure, like, he's saying 15, but I'm too, I'm sure it's like 30. First time I saw in person, that shit goes like, the temperature is like climbing up, like 100, 200, 300, 7, And by the time we did, we did like a whole tour of the shop, it was at the fucking temperature.
1: My, like, that I'm thing real.
2: is unfucking believable.
1: <laughs> it's fucking, they are quick, man. They are quick. And tell, I tell yeah. you what, they get fucking hot. They are really good. All right, guys, here's a great question for you boys.
0: All well, right. Hey. So for those people that aren't, on uh, when this goes to a podcast, a uh, Facebook user has said, Hi, oh, guys, I received an 84 engineering disc grinder in the mail today, two horsepower, variable speed, work rest, using 3m adhesive with rhino wet i plan on doing wire handles and therefore needed a flat disc as they're sold out i got the beveled one and buzzed it flat on the lathe well done can you give us a few tips on how to get the best result using the disc for both hand handles and blades speeds grits directions approaches etc cheers guys ash all right facebook user is ash um mert do you want to have a crack at that one particularly with Wire handles
2: so usually wire handles there's few types but the most common ones are octagonals and the d's if you don't octagonal you're gonna to have to set it in 130 degrees or you can do freehand, which depends on your mileage but again you have to go slow yeah mark your work go slow And usually what I do is I do most of my work with the belt grinder. I do 80% of my work with the belt grinder, including cutting the, cutting the octagonal or cutting the facets. Then I clean up with the coarse grit, like 80 grit on the disc grinder. Then maybe then I go to 240 or something with the rubber backing, but you got to make sure you go slow. Or if you don't want to go slow, if you want to be like more Consistent. Just set your degrees in the with the flat platen that has a tool rest that you can adjust angle. If you do not octagonal, set it for 130. Change direction. Do two fastest going right. Change direction. Go yeah. two fastest to, towards the left. And mark your work because if you're not used to doing, if you're not used to work with the flat uh, with the disc grinder, you cannot just rely on the disc grinder and just push it, because if you push it, and if you end up like pushing more on the left side towards right side, that shit is going to go wonky on you in no time. Just or it's going to work. spit it up. It'll go past yeah. center and flick it up. and or throw, It's going to throw your handle. That shit happened yeah. to me a few times.
0: So the main, point Warm- of it, the main point, which I think is when you're using the disc, you've got to get one side, you've got to reference one side flat. Once you've got that one side flat, you use it as the basis for every other. Once you've set your table at 90 and all the rest of it, you set it at the other angles and you should be able to get that thing looking pretty fucking schmick. On with Mert, I do maybe not 80%. I do, a, I do a reasonable amount on like 40 grit belts on the um, standard grinder, 2x48 two by, two by in my case. And then I go over and do the rest. I don't actually use the rubber backing till I get up to like eight hundred. I find just that fl- I like that flat crisp till I get up to about eight hundred, and then it works on it. But then I, I I wipe out some of that crisp angle with hand sanding right at the very end because I don't like it being look, particularly sharp.
2: Look, I do my v handles. V handles refer to Japanese style handles. Va, <clears throat> yeah, octagonal va in Japanese. Wa in Japanese refers to uh, anything that Japanese, for example, Va gyu, wa means Japanese, gyu means cow or cattle, Japanese cattle. Wa handle, Japanese handle. Um, I do 95% of my Japanese handles, barely go to hand sending at the last crit. What I do is, I take it up to 1500 crits, and I stand with the twelve hundred grit to see if I miss any directional thing. Then, if it looks good, I go back to fifteen hundred, and then I go to buff and bada barabung. Bob is your uncle.
0: Yeah, nice. Yeah. Um, in terms of in terms of using your disc for knives, because that was another part of that question, double barrel question. Same deal, man. I I. Do most of my scratch removal from my my process is 50 grit, 100 grit with the belts, blaze or cling spore. I've got to get my next run of cling spores through. Then I go to 180, 320. Sometimes I go to 600. Then I start hand sanding my hunting knives. And same with kitchen knives. Um, but I run mine if you've got a Older school VFD that displays the hertz. I run my grinder at about let's say between eight and nine hertz. Yep, and that's plenty. Two horsepower, variable speed. If I and I use generally use the rubber back that thin rubber backing when I go up to the 180 grit, um, and then I'll actually go back to 320 on the hand sanding now. Guarantee I'm getting everything. You know, flat, flat, flatter. Um, that's the way I like it. Um, and when you go from the disc back to three hundred and twenty, it really is fast. Every every bit of hand sanding is just fast. So um, it's very slow. Don't don't go fast on don't go fast on your disc grinder. It's funny thing. Like the VFDs are kind of. I was mucking around. Well, not mucking around. I was working on. Uh, the knife I was talking about earlier, the Twisted W's Hunter, and I around the top of my handles with the disc and the rubber backing on my hunting knives uh, and I accidentally put the speed up and I thought this thing was right. I, I thought I must have turned it up to like 50 hertz. I stuck my head around it was on 14 hertz and that was just, that to me was stupidly fast. So anything above 10, I, I would rarely even use on that thing. Kind of a you know, a bit of a bummer. You this disc that's almost worthy of floating up a bloody um, helicopter, but you only run it at 8 eight to 10 hertz. You can go faster if you want, but especially when you're doing post-heat treat grinding and cleanups and apple seed edges and all the rest of it, um, faster is just going to heat that thing up and potentially blow out your heat treat. The other thing which I, in terms of, the use of the disc with the hunting knives particularly with plunge lines is be very careful when you first start using it about bumping into those plunge lines because um, you'll potentially undercut it or, or completely wipe out your plunge lines so you've got to be careful you've got to get some practice up you got to be prepared to screw a few knives up um, and then yeah just like i said bit of practice
2: matt snake what a fucking! <laughs> if i ask a question that is long enough we don't have to look at me
1: so for the benefit of the podcast uh if there's a lot of matt, words if you on could the t- screen... if you could type a question
0: out if you could type a question out that long and still have it make sense i'd swap spots with murder you cover my face up
1: all power
0: to you now now watch him now watch him you'll do it
1: <laughs> all right well i showed you just me stove that's my tent, eh? Look at that. There we go. Beautiful. Yeah, sweet. 300, 300 grams. There you go.
0: Wow. All right. I've got a single person bivy that's bloody probably double the size. It's old, but it's probably double the size of that.
1: You know those, I thought that
0: technology was good.
1: Do you know the old A-frame tent flies? That's all that is, right? It's just a fly. Yeah, right. There's no floors, no walls. Nice. Line the ground. Have a good one. I lie in a hammock, but same deal. I got a. You wanted some history tonight, Kev. And I thought, as it's fitting that we're all sitting in our houses in COVID isolation and we can't go to shows, maybe we should read about the Salamanca Knife Makers exhibition of 1995 in sunny Tasmania. Whoa, yeah. So, Tasmanian Knife Show. I don't know if anybody listening out there, if you ever want a Tasmanian Knife Show, there's a lot of people in the Knife Art Association really keen to see it happening because Andrew Smith wants to make it happen because he lives in Tasmania. So, maybe, just maybe, 25 years on. Oh, well, too late now for 25 years on. uh, But maybe 26 years on or 27 years on or maybe 30 years on, we could have a Tasmanian uh, Knife Show. But anyway, let's hear what it was about in 95. I haven't read this story. Uh, this is from we don't have history books anymore like but Keith Spencer unfortunately passed away and he was the guy that wrote all the ed, all the history books on knife making and this one's Edge Master 50 Australian knife knife stories by Keith Spencer and here we go <clears throat> we're ready it's a long journey from the land of the sand to the apple isle to participate in a knife exhibition but it was well worth the time, money and effort. The second Tasmanian Knife Makers exhibition was again held in the Long Gallery of the Salamanca Arts Centre in January and again, the event proved highly successful. It is destined to remain on the national custom-made knife show circuit in the January time slot because it is so well organised and patronised by makers and collectors. The venue is excellent. You can't help but feel comfortable examining a fantastic array of handcrafted edgeware and communicating with like-minded people in a, an historic building, the original Bond Store, built in 1830, set in the heart of Hobart. And on the weekend, oh, set in the heart of Hobart, and on the weekend, a kind of festival carnival atmosphere is created when the street outside is cordoned off and transformed into a massive market by street vendors offering all sorts of arts and crafts to a milling crowd which spills into the salamanca building and the various exhibitions constructed by convicts the government-owned salamanca building itself is leased for the purpose of promoting arts in the community the show is organized by one of the salamanca tenants john hounslow Robinson who prefers to be seen as an initiator rather than be formally referred to as the organiser. In structured knife selling exhibitions, John's objective is to promote all aspects of and the people associated with the knife making industry without prejudice or bias. It is an interesting concept, which is why so many workshops are conducted during the several days of the exhibition. On this occasion, a contingent of five American knife makers attended the show, including Judy Gottage, one of only a handful of women in the world who custom craft knives and whose work is first class. The others were made. who made The Crossing were Chuck Stewart, Dean Kell and R.D. and George Nolan. R.D. Nolan is no stranger to Australia, having displayed his wares previously at a Melbourne Guild show. Their presence and unique work enhanced the exhibition and they freely imparted a wealth of knowledge relating to their skills and presentation. In all, more than 30 artisans displayed their edge creations, as well as the Tasmanian School of Art showed some curious items of edged gadgetry and anthropologist Kim Ackerman, an acknowledged expert in pressure flaking stone, demonstrated knife making according to the traditional Aboriginal techniques. It was fascinating. It is pleasing to see the level of interest taken by the Tasmanian government in the project. The Minister for Arts officially opened the exhibition and the Honourable Duncan Kerr, Minister for Justice, twice made visits, talking at length with many makers, expressing a genuine interest in the nature of their work. More of the nation's decision makers ought to be encouraged to come along to our knife shows to afford us with the opportunity to explain more fully the worthwhile aims of the industry." John Hounslow Robinson, a knife maker specializing in commercial cutlery relating to hospitality industry, uh, relating to the hospitality industry, successfully negotiated two government grants on the basis of combining the art world with the knife world. One grant concerns workshop development in knife making, and the other was to uh, for, was to the current exhibition for the purpose of bringing overseas expertise to conduct workshops. Money, indeed, very well spent. John has received the support of a growing number of Tasmanian knife makers who gave their time and energy to ensure success of the exhibition. They appeared to be a close-knit group full of enthusiasm and with great willingness to improve the standard of knife making in the region. For some years, the best known makers in the area were Eric Gillard, a stalwart of the industry, Alf Bennett, of whom I purchased my first custom-made knife, and Lindsay Henson, who taught knife making to technical school students. 16 Tassie makers featured at the exhibition, and I spoke with some local visitors who were also made knives. How things have changed, and in such a short time. 11 makers traveled from the mainland, from us as far away as Queensland. Chris Pennington came from New Zealand, Chris is becoming a familiar face at Australian Knife Shows, I personally found the event particularly rewarding as it was my final foray into the Aussie knife world before chaining myself to the typewriter to continue my many writing tasks. I take this opportunity to thank all makers and embellishers for their assistance by contributing profiles and evidence of their work. Whenever possible, I like to chat with the collectors to get a feel of their needs. Leighton Beamsley is invaluable in this regard. He had some very interesting discussions over coffees and cleansing ales in various cafes and inns adjacent to the salamanca leighton is an enthusiastic and astute knife sorry is an enthusiastic and an astute knife collector who contributes to the industry in many ways he has lots of good ideas for furthering the development of custom knife making as seen through the eyes of a collector. The thing about Leighton that most appeals to me, apart from being a thoroughly likeable bloke, is that he sets challenges for knife makers. He conceives his own ideas for what he wants to own, and then he gets makers and embellishers to combine their skills to meet the challenge. Knife makers like challenges, it gets them going, gives them something to shoot for. It was such a well spent weekend. I came away thinking that if I could only attend one interstate show a year, Salamanca would be the one, mainly because it is so well organised. No stone is left unturned to ensure its success. Because of the cultural qualities of the area and venue, because of the relaxed and enjoyable atmosphere that prevail. Because of its size and the number of knife sales, the Melbourne Guild Show, which takes place in April, is the modern mecca for makers and collectors. But it would be difficult to emulate the heritage factor and standard of workshops structured at the Hobart Exhibition. Each show on the current circuit has its peculiar merits. And, uh, yeah, there's some pictures there, but probably won't be so good to try and show them, so I probably won't. But isn't that interesting, though, that they got government grants, they got people coming out from the States, five people come to, to, to Tasmania. I wonder if they knew where Tasmania was. They probably only knew the Tasmanian devil off... Uh, uh, probably only knew the Tasmanian devil off Looney Tunes or whatever, right? Just a minute. Yeah. Sorry, I just realized Mert's not here. Just let me get that fixed.
0: No, he's disappeared. That, he's... that little ding was me sending a message.
1: Oh, here he is back. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't he's know. Didn't sorry, no. I'm you. trying to read. I was doing my best. You asked me to read, I read a story. That's Everyone's right. gone to sleep now, so yeah. Yeah, well, no, Salamack
0: Markets is cool,
1: but how good's that? Like, they had government, they had um. Minister for Justice turned up. The Minister for the Arts opened the event. Can you imagine anybody doing that now in this fuck world of no, PC bullshit? No, they've got no ballsack, man. Oh, fuck. I can't even advertise have on Facebook. 20... Get me started. Now, let's go. Hey, Mert, we're, we're not kidding. Is your, is your mic on mute? I promoted, I, can't two, hear, brother. I promoted two posts today. One for 20 bucks for Barry Kennedy that I threw on No, John. And I put two unge on to... Tony Earwaker, because it was a good story, and they banned my fucking account. They blocked my Facebook account, and not my Facebook account. They blocked my advertising account and paused it for breach of rules. Weapons because, dealer. Because because yeah. Tony Earwaker, a a, serv- a, a a veteran of this country, who was using knife maker to treat knife making to treat his PTSD, like that's a fucking good story. It's got nothing to do with selling weapons. And I no. I'm just like. I'm doing it for the guild. You just can go and get fucked, Facebook. Anyway, there you go.
0: That story resonates with some of our previous guests that we've had on. Hang on,
2: hang on. Mark Zuckerberg just messaged me. Mark Zuckerberg yeah. just messaged me, said, uh Corona, I don't give a fuck.
1: Guns oh, a yeah. pussy. Come on. Now, this, this is a call yeah. out. I'm calling him out. Zuckerberg, get yourself onto this podcast and explain yourself, son. Right? You've been invited. That's your invite. I'm throwing down the gauntlet again. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Watch out. I think we should we should just aim
2: for the Elon Musk.
1: <laughs> Fucking Elon Musk. I, I wrote to that guy, the big fat comedian guy. What's his name? Um, Fluffy. I wrote to Fluffy. And, oh, yeah. And I said... <laughs> to see who it was. Yeah. And I said, I want to know... You're you know. right, mate. But more importantly, because they said, oh, if you want an interview, contact this email. I thought, oh. I said, come on our podcast, Fluffy, and tell us all about your knife. But they didn't respond. I don't think we're high profile fat enough. Fluffy. I'll get that. Yeah. Fucking what? Hell in hell. Yeah, oh,
2: it's, it's the match of that guy.
1: Yeah, you're yeah. right,
2: mate. <laughs>
0: so, so when you think about um, Tasmania as a venue, yeah, it's out there, especially for instance, internationals. Yet alone interstaters. Uh, Andrew's just put a good comment on on the page about when he looked into it a few years back um, through for the KAA. Um, all. Venues were more expensive than other states. The Salamanca Long Gallery was booked out two years in advance. No wonder they got grants. Blair Walker made a pretty good comment about it. Salamanca, why the Salamanca markets is great because Tasmania has a fantastic whiskey and gin industry, and those bastards are trying to flog off small nips at you. Here, try this. Try this, and when you're down there on holidays and don't have to drive anywhere yeah some cranking cranking piss ups for free just in the tastings get a bit dribbly and mess they must be so used to like dribbling mess heads
1: uh the worst one for drinking at a market or show is still the the fine food show in sydney hey mert that's the best one oh,
0: people eating potato cuts. oh fuck that's <laughs> that's
1: i'm
2: i'm, I'm, I'm potato. cutting potato like, but they're but, like but i'm happy like oh i'm cutting so nice and thin. Of, oh, Look the knife like oh the perfect balance between cutting food, delays and shit. Oh, ma'am, that's potato. I know. That's raw potato. Is that free? Yeah. It is free. It's fuck. It's fucking potato. <laughs> raw potato. That's yeah, alright.
1: Pot- oh, that's. A- oh, that's potato. Yeah, yeah. You fucking idiot. But it's free. Okay. Page nine. There's a picture. The thing up on the screen. What's it say? So speaking, you want to look history, at Matt Snape's,
2: Matt Snape's question. Yeah. So speaking of history, I still want to know if there is a, such a thing as genuine traditional Aussie knife, like the booby is for the USA.
0: Ooh, look at the so, relevance of Corrin's history book.
1: There's, there's yeah. a news in a, your face. Yeah. There's a story here on it, but I'm not going to read it because it's like way too many words. But Basically, he goes on to talk about how there should be an Australian knife, uh, but if there is, what is it? And Queensland um, uh, knife, and he doesn't. That's not a knife. He doesn't that's find a knife. <laughs> See, That's a good one, Mert. you actually sounded fair income. <laughs> fair income, fair, dinkum. fair dinkum. <laughs> um, So yeah, there's a good story in there about that. Uh, you can you can buy the book for free. Oh uh, no, not for free. You yeah. have to pay for it. So, so, from my experience in
0: looking for the Great Aussie knife, no, we don't have one.
1: Happy to be proved wrong. Jamie's here. But
0: yeah. I don't think there's one, you know, like, especially in an EDC sense.
1: No, that not would really. Stand
0: out as purely.
1: Except, look, no. no, hang on. This country was the birth of the ground blade, the first ground. True debt. True debt. Stone axe. The first ground, not napped, but ground tools, came from Australia, like a hundred thousand years ago. So, an axe. When you go hiking in the Australian bush, if you know what you're looking for, you'll find axe grinding grooves everywhere where the Aboriginals used oh. to sharpen their axes. We've
0: got some. We've got some. Uh, five minute walk from my house.
1: Right. That anywhere and, where and you yep, found.
0: That's,
2: that's how the ball pie. That's how the ball was born. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and and probably on ours, they, they, they ground their stone or rock cutting implements, but they also, where I'm from, probably ground out um, Bogon moths to feast on because we're not far from that area as well.
1: And they're bloody tasty. If you get the opportunity to eat Bogon moths, you'd love them. Put them on toast. Bit of butter, melted butter, Bogon moths, spread them on the toast. I'll tell you. Yeah, what,
2: is, what is that?
1: Bo- what is they're that? a moth. You know, moth. Bogon
2: moth. Moth. Moth.
1: Yep,
0: it's a moth. Up yep. up north of Canberra, south yeah. of Canberra, sorry, they've bogon got moths. the Barumba Rocks place. I used to go rock climbing a lot, and it's pretty much breeding ground for bogon moths. And the Aboriginals will go up, collect these moths, cook them up, and eat them. And they they taste nutty. You from, don't even I, need to cook them; really you eat just them.
1: eat them raw. If you burn, oh, you if you burn them in the fire, hang on, hang if you on. put them in the fire, you burn the wings off and they get rid burn of the flowery. The wings, yeah. yeah, you get rid of the flowery shit. you got to get rid of the flowery but shit. But if, if, if my son can't... Every time we go down the snow in the summer and there's on moss, I'm, I'm eating them. And my son's just... They go, oh, that's gross, that's gross. I'm like, nah, it's fucking tasty as fuck, actually.
0: Protein. <laughs>
1: Protein. Okay, Mert.
2: When, when, when you say put a moth in your mouth, that sounds like a fucking scene from The Silence of the
1: Lambs. <laughs> yeah.
2: Are they, are they shaped like a skull?
1: I'll just go and get my my, uh, my mannequin for my, I my skin. I with yeah. power beans
2: and a, yeah. and
0: a glass of Chiantic. One of, one of the rock climbs I did with one of my mates up there at, at the Baruma Rocks, it was summer and he's like, okay, we've got to start early or late spring, early summer. 'Cause we've got to be at the base of the cliff before the sun comes up to do this climb, because it was a multi-pitch climb. It's probably about six and a half, seven hours long to get up this fucking thing. And my mate was climbing up the first pitch, which was probably two and a half meter flat granite cliff face up to an underhang. And the underhang was this roof and it had probably maybe maybe twenty centimetre wide gap that disappeared up behind this rock. We started a bit late, so by the time he got to that part, he was hanging on, he was trying to stick a big cam under, it was that first bit of protection under there, very sketchy, you know, you fall three metres and you're going to hurt yourself. And he just got his cam in there, hooked his rope in, and he's like, he looks down at me and he goes, can you hear that? And I'm like, can't hear anything, man, perfectly still day, because you can't hear that. And I'm like, can't hear anything no shit the sun cracked the horizon lit up that wall and then a -a avalanche, an avalanche of bogone moths started pouring out of that crevice and my poor mate is just sitting on this cliff with an underhang hold (laughs) getting absolutely showered the fucking tons of them.
1: But the crazy was, thing was, is,
0: they are just rolling down and then getting warmed up and flying off. The crazy—it it actually was a pretty insane thing to see.
1: The crazy thing about them is, reckon, though, they're not born in Canberra. they they they, they live yeah, up in, they up in fucking, Queensland, like in a yeah. in, in a new um in a uh, what do you call it? You know, across the Great Dividing Range. They literally fly thousands of kilometers every year to go down to the snow to winter. It's—they're like fucking crazy, and, man.
0: I worked at Parliament House for a, for a few years in their services area. And Bogon moths were the bane
1: of Parliament of the, House.
0: the new Parliament House.
1: Yeah. They
0: got in that fucking place like you would not believe. That light on those lights. Egg, they were laying eggs in the bloody... $10,000 a square metre fucking carpet in the members' areas and stuff. Ian. And the yeah. amount of money that was invested into Parliament House to try and stop Bogon Moths. Ridiculous.
1: Ian Stewart ridiculous. says, bullshit, you guys. Now, Ian. Oh, what would he know? Ian, you've got to meet my mother. God. She's probably listening out there in Radio Lane. Hi, Mum. Chris-Ann Urquhart. She's an entomologist with Hi, the Mom. Forestry Commission. I grew up going I grew up going to entomological dinners. Uh, and it's not bullshit. So there you go. But that's just me. Um, the other thing that's really good when we guys... go when we go down to Ian's, we should take a plate of bogons down for him. Oh, he look. likes
0: living off grid There's nothing better than a melted dish butter of bogon moth.
1: Bogong's on toast. It's bogon kids. Bogon.
0: Bogon. Yeah. You're a bogan. We've got too many bogans around here.
1: <laughs> Jamie, you are a bogan. <laughs> here we go. All the Americans hey, going, hey. all the American bogan? Our, What's a bogan? What's a bogan? guest with so
0: many good ratings from last week has come on and just dropped the tone of our podcast to zero. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. you, you can blame you,
2: on me, yeah. motherfuckers. Yeah, well. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well we can- Ian, before you came on, <laughs> we were telling Mert how our ratings had just increased exponentially over the last few weeks. That he wasn't on here, and they sort of capped out with your conversation last week. And I think you've just thrown that. You've called us out. That's what the bullshit is. <laughs> okay. <laughs> nice
1: Nokki dish. I think Nokki Bogong, bogong Nokki would be great. Bogong would be awesome. It's just such a nice, uh, nutty, almost sweet flavor. They're really, they're really very nice and very fatty. Oh, but I just very nutritious? I, I just.
2: Fr- I just fry them on the butter just like to get the outside like yeah. really nice. And yeah, loose. yeah, yeah. Perfect. But the Perfect. inside is soft.
1: Yep. Every yeah. Every so often, Mert, and I'm talking like every five Top to 10 years, the, the bogong moth uh, migration gets blown off course and ends up in Sydney. When that happens, um, when that happens, you can feast on them in Sydney. They come through. They Every light attracts hundreds of them. That happens. It's true.
0: Last year, obviously, I think with the fires last year, didn't really see a bogong moth in the in the vicinity. So hopefully this year we might see a return. It's pretty cool. Like you get one in your house, that sucker's not going out on its own. They are hard to catch.
1: Yeah, and they navigate... Peter Bennett says, Bogong moths are attracted by the light reflected off snow. The problem is the bright lights in the cities draw them away from their breeding sites. Yeah, and they also navigate by the the moon. So the moon is like a navigational tool for their migration. And so, the, again, the city lights, you know. Yeah, so get
0: get Jamie Bishop drunk and those things are they're heading straight for his moon. <laughs> and and as he comes up, he's a hillbilly. <laughs> now, oh. somewhere on our questions, going back to sensible shit, Tim Harrop, when we were talking about our... Handle shaping has asked for Gigi handles. Is it okay to finish them off with Danish oil? It's okay to finish your handles off with whatever you find that works. Honestly, Danish oil's fine. There's other, you know, brews and tonics and and oh. things out there. Find something that works works in the time frame that you're after, and gives the results you're after.
1: I'm never going away from uh, stabilized wood, so I'm just buffing.
0: Buff, yeah, it stabilizes, adds a level to it. Yeah, you can get away with a
2: bit. My my puppy's trying to get in. Well, it. there's no point yeah. in
1: putting oil and handle finish on uh, stabilized wood. There's no freaking point. It no, and I use.
0: Oh, come on! I use the the triple E shine, and the buffer I'll yep. stabilized, even on non-stabilized Gigi, and uh, desert iron wood and what's the other one the african blackwood they all come up really nice with that but like i said there's a lot of other stuff out other products out there that go really well i used orange oil organ oil for years and i found that um, triple n much quicker for a, pretty much the same result in my mind
1: so uh there's a comment up on the screen from um uh, Warren Whalen that says, Imagine a. What does it say there? Just a minute. I'm just pulling up something to share. It's going to be a sec.
0: Imagine a dinner party with corn yeah. and bear grills. Yeah. you know, have bacon, sausages, eggs, and piss.
1: Yeah. And No, I was, was going to say,
0: that. like, corn Cor- <laughs> will
1: piss in his mouth. <laughs> if anyone's interested in the subject, I this actually. Is slight bitter. I actually have a Facebook group that is older. Hard. So, the biggest Australian knife making, blacksmithing group is Australian blacksmiths and knife makers. It's, it's huge, 23,000 people. But I actually have another group on Facebook that I've had longer that has less people, which is called Australian Bush Foods, Bush Tucker, Medicines, and Useful Plants. So, if you're interested in that sort of thing, look that up. The other thing is Bushcraft Oz. I've got about 3,000 catalogue posts and shit on there of of different plants and and things you can eat bush tucker so if you're interested in that sort of thing around sydney i'm not very good outside of sydney but yeah there you go yeah i'm not bear girls um, either by the way he's just a bear girls he's just a, he's just a knob yeah. but yeah anyway good yeah yeah I'm bear girls is a piss, 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 piss There you go. in my mouth yeah
2: okay ah, oh, my mouth piss oh yeah corin piss in me mouth
1: <laughs> uh, that was your weekend, squeeze dude. out some
0: of that, squeeze out some of that sausage, Kyron, and piss in the skin for yeah. me, mate. I want a
1: drink, eh? Yeah, brother, something <laughs> like that. <No>. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, <all> good. <laughs> we digress again, yet again, yeah, yet yeah. again. Who would have thought it?
0: Um, right? Blair, iron bark, iron bark is a really good timber. The only oh, downside to iron, the downside <laughs> to iron bark is a lot of time. There's not much figure in it. If you get a piece of ironbark that has some good curl, some figure, it's, oh, I think it's really nice. But in terms of what else is out there nowadays, readily accessible, it's a little bit underwhelming
2: I, I for the traditionalist. Ironbark iron is like on the bit harder and brittle side. It's, it's yeah. not easy to, it's, it, it tends to crack. It tends to like, you mean trying to cure ironbark for like two handles, I find that it tends to crack and open up lot easier than other hardwoods, like the red gum and things like that. What do you
1: think? I think I think red gum moves like a bitch. I've only ever used it once, and I've sworn never to use it again. It could have been me, but it um, it moved really badly. Red gum, uh, iron bark. Um, iron bark, sorry. Iron, you know, I I like figured woods, so. It's yeah. like I have to have figure because I, I don't have – I've only got like that much real estate, right?
2: And you make making no once a year anyway, so. I don't
1: think, cares. Mert, I don't
0: think he's talked about baronites for three weeks. Thanks. Oh, Welcome really? back, Mert. Welcome back. Yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> it's just you, Mert. Yeah. Anyway, I've got, uh, I've got Facebook
0: something. Facebook yeah. user, I've been practicing tapered tangs, any tips? Keep practicing.
1: Con- Connie Hansen just tuned in just in time to say, uh, just to hear us piss in my mouth. Right there, you go. <laughs> G'day, so, Connie. Tapered tanks. Yeah. Missed... <laughs> there was a tutorial. You that
0: Bear grills impersonations. <laughs> Who
1: remembers the tutorial? Was it uh, Zach Chong or someone did one? Or, or it could have been Peter D'Arce did one on Australian Blade forums years ago, and it was fucking great. How to you use your small wheel to. Um, to start it, how to
0: a hollow, um, hollow grind and hollow
1: grind it and then finish it off. Remember that.
0: Yeah, like, drill, drill holes, hollow grind, mark out your tang. Google it on and then go
1: Australian it. Blade Forums. If you can find that post, it was a ripper. It was a real top-notch post. It could have been Zach Chong, but it could have been someone else. Yeah, Wasn't you Arrasen. telling?
2: Was it? Was it you telling me that the John Wardington had a good method? Wasn't you telling me that?
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. The key with John Worthington's it was manual, but you mark you just basically you go to the end of your your full tang, you mark your thickness that you want the end result. You do the same thing, hollow grind the small um, smaller wheel, hollow grind out most of the meat after you've drilled your holes, and then his was pretty much just, I guess, muscle memory making sure that your platen is flat. That is the absolute key thing when you do the manual process, as opposed to using a surface grinder with a sign plate on it. Um, and you just front up, it's a pretty, pretty ballsy sort of move. You, the main thing you need to do is mark the top of where you want that taper to end and stick to that. And then you just front up, you have a magnet that sits onto the, the side of your blade it's one of those welding magnets
3: Yeah.
0: and you literally just front up to your grinder and you start taking it off from the bottom of the blade, the end of the tang, and you work your way up. So you go right to the top. If you've got a surface grinder, yeah, like a 84 engineering strap on, Ian Stewart um, showed me his technique, which was lots to do. Obviously you've got to work out your trigonometry to get your, your heights and everything. And then literally just marking a center line down your blade, which matches up with a line that's on the center of your um, uh, strap-on, and just chucking it on and going for it, back and forth, back and forth. Holy shit. Piece of pie. Honestly, both of them work really well. John Worthington's method, method probably has more risk associated with it because you're doing it manually but it's far more quicker. And then if you've got yeah. the luxury of a disc grinder, a disc grinder without the rubber backing, an 80 grit sheet of paper, and you can flatten off anything that potentially wasn't flat.
2: So with the, with the John wording, do you have to say bro, bro, when you're trying to grind it or no? Yeah, you're going
0: to say, Oh, bro, I want to tape a ting. I want to tape a ting on this bushcraft knife bro <laughs> bro bro so we, get, we get our push and chips that'll be choice so i've caught my pushing chips be I choice, sometimes bro. i'll use it as a spoon in my yogurt <laughs> oh. and uh, the the segway there for anyone that's listening and just like what the hell did these guys john's a kiwi <laughs> now he drink piss out of a bloody sheep sack i tell you <laughs>
2: one of one of the funniest moments of my cooking career was we, we i was cooking a restaurant it was a lunch service and we had like a little rush during the opening hours like from 12 till 1 we were busy and everybody who came at one like earlier left and the 1 15, we had a we had a kiwi couple and they ordered the tasting menu and my signature dish was the lamb so i ordered we did the tomato and watermelon salad The second course was scallops and it was the lamb and they were all like very very complimentary and said, oh great great the first dish and second course was great and after i served the lamb they finished the lamb and they wanted to see the chef i'm like yeah i came out and i'm talking to them very nice couple like they're chatty and i'm talking to them and they're saying oh mate the lamb is awesome lamb is beautiful oh we've been in new zealand like we, we eat so much lamb, but we never had a lamb this nice. And I said, see what happens if you don't fuck the lamb. <laughs>
1: oh. <laughs> How did that go, mate? How did
2: that go? <laughs> oh, they laughed. They
1: laughed.
0: Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Did they so, leave Jimmy her- was Yeah. I'm, I'm just skipping off from from. That. Jimmy Barber said it might have been Peter Del Rasso that did the tutorial. Yeah, it might have been. I'm
1: actually looking uh, for it. I'm, I'm up on the screen here trying to find the. Jamie find
0: Bishop, it. one comment down from that, or two down from where you are now, uses the John Worthington method to great success, with great success. Um, Corey, just below that, yes, you need to practice. Ideally, with tapered tangs, what you're after, obviously... He's, a, you know, he's apart from that nice taper. And if you ask someone like Bruce Barnett, Peter Del Rasso, Anthony Kittle will say, if you ask me, taper it. Like, fucking taper it. Get that end down to half a mil. Taper the shit out of that thing. Tinfoil taper it. Anthony Kittle popped up some posts about his tapered tangs and (laughs) I just actually just had a real savage fucking shit stir with him saying fuck well next time you taper them how about you fucking taper them and he'd said at the same time Bruce Barnett had come back with something along the lines of yeah nice 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 mate did you say you tapered them
1: yeah you gotta taper it
0: Uh, yeah and basically then the next lot that Anthony just posted up much to his credit
1: well, I could half
0: a mil thick at that tang. Half a mil thick at that tang.
1: That's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. And someone you'll said, screw some up.
0: Guarantee you. Guarantee you'll screw. You'll screw a couple up.
1: Someone says there. Just make um, the
0: blade shorter and the handle shorter.
1: Someone says there. They're trying to do it for the guild. Oh yeah, it's on the screen. Yep, Corey. Yeah, Cory. Yeah, and to yep. be honest, you don't need to worry about it for the guild. Uh, for the probie assessment, don't don't stress on them. just not for your probie. Yeah. yeah, yeah. When you do your probie assessment, ask ask your assessor, <clears throat> whoever your state rep is, about tapering tanks. Get some advice then and some help. And those guys are really helpful. Like they're state reps for a reason, and they're not they're not hot. Nobody in the guild is hiding stuff. It's there's no secrets. It's not like some secret club. It's like fucking. Those guys are going to help you for sure. And to to. Be and Anthony's honest,
0: just chimed in. Anthony's just chimed in down there, paper thin.
1: Yep. Yep.
0: You're using pretty thick paper, mate, but...
1: Richard Morgan.
0: <laughs> Richard, where were you, mate? Well, I thought we'd lined up for you to be a guest tonight. Yeah, what's going on? What happened there, mate? Yeah,
1: what's going on? We've been Richard? recording
0: for an hour and a half. You were meant to be on. Yeah. Sent you the link. Now look at you. Yeah.
1: Bastard. Far out. Shit. Yeah, did, Stand us up. Did you send him a link? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's all right. Then. Well, you should come, Richard. Yeah, Richard. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. That's not Richard. That's not. The- <laughs> Holy shit. Awesome. You didn't send it to Did Richard at all. Laugh? <laughs> Look at
0: this. <laughs> Look at this. Hey, listen, Ian. When we said we'll get one another time, we didn't mean like next week, mate. Come on. <laughs> all right. I'll see you later then. <laughs> good to see
1: you, mate. Piss off. Thank you. Come again. How are you? Then? How's your week been?
0: Yeah, good thanks, Corin. Yeah, I'm up at Dubbo at the moment doing work, but um, I'm actually in bed. I thought I'd have a look and see what you peckers were up to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're minute. not going to get a good night's sleep, sleep listening to us. Oh, dear. I couldn't help it. I love the story about the Bogong Moss. I just... oh, <laughs> oh. I've had a bit to do with them myself, but anyway. Yeah,
1: no, I them. bet. I bet. Oh, well, up in the high country?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I used to manage all that country.
1: country? Hey? Have you eaten them? No. Have you eaten them? i've never eaten one <laughs> uh, get into it mate good we'll put 20
0: bucks on the table when we're down at your mate, place with there's the only, there's
1: only two, Oh, there's a couple more but generally there's two bush foods that are any good mac in australia there's only really two that are any good macadamia nuts bogon moss but you got to remember the aboriginal tribes used to come from all over to eat bogon moss they used to come from everywhere all together to meet at the high country in the summer to eat bogong moss. So,
0: Corin, hey, I think they've had enough of bogong moss. <laughs> now, nah, nah. what?
1: Now I catch up down the road at Maccas.
0: Oh well, or a Big Mac, Whatever. You, you crack me up, you
1: guys. <laughs>
0: Come on, Ian. We're trying to bring a bit of history back
1: into the thing. Yeah, yeah. Hey, nah, yeah. Coming in, it's with... awesome. All right. All right, where we at? We're an hour and a half in. What else we got on for tonight's show, uh, guys? And and you better yeah, go back to bed. I'll, I'll let you go back to bed, Ian. Have a good one, brother. Thanks right. for dropping in. Catch up with you. Thanks. Good man. to see you guys. Oh, Enjoy see, ya, your mate. Good to see you. See oh, the randomness. <laughs> get, wait, send send Richard Morgan a link. I did. He just has to check his inbox. Oh. Don't you worry. I'm all Richard, over it. Richard, check your links, mate. Come on, get on there. Freshwater mussels. Yeah, they're um, pretty good. Someone said that? Trashwater muscles? Fucking yabby yabbies. They're beautiful. Yabbies.
0: Yabbies not, are not too bad. I don't
1: mind the old yabbies. Mm, sweet. Do you have any recommendations for Mosaic Damascus pattern? I've done Explosion before. Do we, I have any? I've never done a Mosaic Damascus, so I'm out. Who's up? Uh,
0: you, oh, Anthony Kev, Kittle. Kev Where, where's on. Anthony Kittle? He's there. Where's Anthony Kittle? Get on, Anthony, and answer this question for Abe. About um, mosaic Damascus pattern, I'll let you use the new name that I gave you for your mosaic pattern that you showed me.
1: <laughs> Did you see the one Maddie McVicker's working on?
0: <laughs> oh yeah, it's cool. Oh, that yeah. is fucking mint.
1: Yeah, kind
0: of looks like his. It kind of looks like his logo. The um,
1: it looks yeah, like a forge logo. It looks like a lizard thing. Hmm. Hey, he
0: look at there his, he is, angry right
1: uh,
4: Come on, mate.
0: What's, what do you call this, mate?
4: No one told me. Should have sent
1: me a message. Oh, did we? Did we forget? Ah, oh, no I'm... one sent me anything. Ah, oh, all right. Oh. <laughs> I knocked off work. Oh, well, in that case, you better go soon, mate. Oh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so, what are you doing? Where are you uh, working? You You're just knocked off work in the forge, or? Uh, in my night job, and now I'm in the forge to work on this. Oh, nice. Show everyone
4: your forge. I don't know. It's just a little home workshop. Uh, Five-tonne fly press.
1: Nice. Is that a Hein uh, or an AP lever? Yeah,
4: yeah, John Hein. Yeah. Um, Coke forge or one-on. Gas forge. 300-pound uh, uh, Joshua Wilkinson.
1: Did you steal that from Bruce? Did you steal the anvil from Bruce?
4: I got that before I met Bruce.
1: Oh, there you go. Yeah,
4: I'd a life before Bruce.
1: That's not what he tells me. Uh, then there's. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. One of his axes. Yeah, that's pretty cool. So, that for the guys on the cool. podcast, he's just held up a nice, uh I guess you'd call it a war axe, wouldn't you? Like, well,
0: it's
1: a Warhammer.
0: It's a Warhammer gone axe. Well, hang on. So, yeah, there's
4: one of the Warhammers, actual Warhammers I've got going on. Uh, yeah, so Warhammer or war axe, basically the same design. I just drew the blade out instead of having the face on there. So...
2: I th- I and think for I the people that can't, for me. the
0: people that can't see this, they are just listen to the podcast. I can't see it. The, imi- the image facing you is a very large bearded ranger fella with a very ominous hammer with about a six-inch spike hanging off the end of it. Yeah, with
1: yes, a with a long axe that's handle, that's so it's that's like that's that's you can get like a good swing. Very,
0: very long. How long are the handles? Four feet.
4: Uh,
1: 150 centimeters, so whatever that is, I don't know. One and a half meters. That's what's your Instagram (laughs) handle? Uh, Heartland Forge. Yeah, Heartland Forge. There, there's
4: that one I was sanding, Kev. If you can see the
1: uh, I
0: was very happy with that. Got the handle to shape tonight, so a wah handle,
4: yes, wah ish, anyway. So, but um, yeah, that's my
0: plans tonight. Nice. Well, we will get you on here one day as an official guest because we were just shit staring. Yeah, well, I was. Yeah, that's what I figured. Like, oh, you're on here now. (laughs) I've, I've tuned in on many of Richard's, not lately, but early days. I tuned in on many of Richard's live feeds on his. Facebook or Instagram, he's just in his shed at like fucking eleven thirty at night. I'm three parts pissed on red wine, and Richard's hand sanding. Good times. <laughs> it was like you, me, and a couple of your mates. A couple of your mates, and then we just start this ridiculous shit fight conversation. <laughs> Poor old oh, Richard's oh. trying to hand sand. His knives live. He's got me on the piss, bagging out everything. And his mates chiming in and us joining forces against Richard. It was quite funny, but you you preserve preserve quite persevere quite well with all that.
4: Well, earlier on, it was um yeah, as you and Dean having to go at me when I was doing my resin work earlier on when I was trying to stand that back in the day. Oh, that was good (laughs) times.
0: Yeah, I, I I sometimes actually not sometimes a lot of the time. I think if I – my view, my view of what I post on people's stuff is if I, I feel if I do it at the extreme, they've got to understand that I'm joking, but sometimes it backfires and people just think that I'm a real fuckwit. <laughs> well, all the time. Um, it happened recently. I had a little dick. I'll, I'll leave the person unnamed. But I we both traded a few blows, and I thought, oh, cool, he, he's having a – He's having the same thing as me, where it's, um, you know, let's see who can put the most extreme um, threat or whatever up. And, and it got a little bit blown out of context. And I did have to write and apologise. But, you know, such is the way of the internet, late at night, when you're drinking alcohol. <laughs> at least on the live feed, people can see me laughing. True.
4: And as, as most people know, with Facebook, you can't sort of express your emotions in words. So everything comes yeah. across... Well, you up. can.
0: You wow. can, but most of it is violent. Now, Jamie just put up a nice comment, mate, about a little bit of a, a advertisement for, for you, claim to fame. Kyle wow. Royer ate his sausage off the spike of one of those hammers at the symposium.
4: So I should probably clear that up wasn't one of my hammers. It was Rob Hayes from Hammer and Scales, but I did show him how I made them, so that's one I made with him, and then he went home and did his nice stuff to it. So just clear the air there. I I showed him how to, but he did his own thing to it. So very nice piece of work that one.
1: Yeah, nice. There you go. And we've got another question there from the crowd that says, um, uh, wait, where uh, the fuck is Timmy? And uh, oh, Timmy, probably asleep. Timmy went to bed tonight. He, he asked me for my permission, he's doing 50 hour weeks trying to get us caught up. And uh, he, go asked, down one. he asked if he can go to bed. Um, <laughs> oh. I wouldn't, I not I wouldn't bore witness to
0: the um interaction that I was just talking about. <laughs> it went south pretty quick it was like a lead balloon and it was all out of context so I, I said i did apologize to the guy i said no 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 i just figured we were having who could make the most extreme comment to make this fun and he was like oh, i've just had cabin fever too long and i'm really sorry i took it out of context it was like "All oh, good i wouldn't 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 physically be able to do half the things i suggested um now, Anthony Kittle, if you go up about four comments there, three comments, no, we're talking about the mosaic pattern with Abe. Anthony sent me a mosaic pattern, and Anthony's always telling me how much I hate Damascus, and, oh, you know, it's <laughs> not exactly wrong. I like it, but I don't like it. Love, hate. So Anthony sent me this cool mosaic pattern that he did. He's got it wrong because he's left, he's left out a piece of – it wasn't just called the wet fart pattern – i called his the wet fart sound wave pattern because i said to him the pattern that ran across the mosaic i said if i re- recorded one of my wet farts on a sound wave it would reflect that pattern <laughs> i said you can market that seriously
1: <laughs> is is anthony's is he got a picture of it on his uh, on his instagram
0: hello anthony do you have one on instagram yeah, it, it was only good, anyway. Yeah, but, yeah. He, he, he posted it up on one of the Facebook groups somewhere. Right. Well, it's just... a nice pattern. It's a little bit, it's actually a little bit different. It's not an explosion, so to say. Here he is. Let's sure.
1: have a look. That one? Yeah, that one. Yeah, yeah, it's kind but of. But he like tiled
0: a... that, he tiled that lengthwise so that you just got that sound wave, recurring sound wave on there.
1: Nice. Oh, that's um I, that'll look good once it's all I told, uh, him, I
0: told him I didn't even want um payment for it for the name.
1: Well, that, <laughs> that's a bit generous. I wouldn't have given him that. Well Yeah, I know. So, royalties royalties. Let's have a look at what uh what the ginger the the Angry Rangers um the Angry has got on his Heartland Forge. Fartland Forge. Here we go. Heart, no, I was
0: about to say Kittle Kittle's not a bloody ranger.
1: No, I'm looking at no, I'm not looking at Kill. He didn't join. I gave him a no. link. I gave him a link too, but he's he's just pretending it's not working.
0: Ah. Pussy. Yeah. So
1: there's your Warhammers.
0: So there's a batch of those Warhammers. Yeah, they're intimidating things. Did you have a video on there made of you swinging one of those suckers? Uh, on
4: my Facebook. I didn't upload it to Instagram. I might oh, do okay. it tonight so we can look at it next week or whatever.
0: Yeah, and anyone that's interested, Heartland Forge. Don't put an e in there. It's, heart, it's heartland like fartland, but with an h. With a h. I'm pretty sure only
4: one or two people have actually got that right the first time.
0: Yeah. when you take go back up a sec. Yeah. Richard actually takes some pretty nice photos of birds. <laughs> of oh, the yeah. ornithological variety.
1: There you go. Yeah, it's definitely definitely a, a change from the old. Um, Nasty ass. Skip past that
0: Serbian Cleaver, though. Fucking hell. <laughs>
1: <laughs> i have to make a few more of them.
4: Too,
1: Sorry, I'm getting sidetracked. Now? No. I'm getting sidetracked. Where are we yes. going? Anyway. Yeah. So. You're still up, Thanks Timmy. for coming on, Richard. You're still up. Check your messages, Timmy. I sent you a message. Jump in, Tim. Yeah, jump in, Tim.
0: Jump in. Oh jump in like our co host
2: just told you to do
1: yeah
2: apparently <laughs> corin corin do the do the sound
1: thing timmy it's timmy
3: <laughs>
1: knife maker
4: with a lot to learn timmy
1: it's timmy he's a handful of trouble at every timmy,
4: time timmy what's going
1: on gamico artisan supplies Bring
3: those up to He's to be cool. he's
1: one. He joins Knife making down under podcast. And
3: he's always having
1: such a lot of fun. There you go. Timmy's <laughs> on. But we don't have Timmy because he's right. having a night off, so get the fuck over it. But anyway, hey, Timmy. Where were we? We'll do
0: without you tonight, Timmy.
1: Yeah. Yeah, well, that's it yeah we'll do it we'll do it by ourselves alone <laughs> all right so where are we at we've actually run out of things to talk about we've looked at uh we've looked at richard's knives it's, it's been almost
2: it's been almost one hour 45 minutes guys
1: well let me just yeah, say
2: i think it's time to
1: no i want to show wrap this one. things up that's my favorite that's my favorite g10 right there i mean i don't exactly like what you did with it but i love that g10
3: <laughs> wow oh, oh,
1: what
4: they're Bobby Smith's knives at Shifty Blades. I just made the sheaths for them. So oh, in that case, I, do I
1: really like those ones. They're all right. So yeah.
0: <laughs> They could have been done a whole lot worse, that's for sure.
1: Timmy, oh. Timmy's like, oh, oh, here he is having the night off, and he says, oh, I do have one thing to say. We just got a shipment of steel. Well, that's not having the night off. Yes, we did get a shipment. Don't tell everyone, Timmy, because they're already panicked buying, and we're already running behind trying to ship yes. the shit. Worse than toilet paper. Worse than to- toilet paper. Mate, it is. Panic buying steel is real, believe me. It's absolutely real. So, um, Timmy's like, be patient, please. What does he say here? If you want thin nitro V bars, Rock, we're getting some water cut, be patient, please. Timmy, go to bed. Talk to them tomorrow. Where,
0: where are my reaper belts, Timmy?
1: Yeah, well, don't worry. When they come, Same they'll be place the wrong... mine, mate.
0: Half, when... Halfway across the bloody ocean.
1: When they come... They'll be the wrong fucking size. But we won't talk about that. For all those people that got the wrong size Reaper belts out of the bolt buy, uh, I don't really know what to say, except, um, nah, I don't have anything. i got nothing. Fucking. Sorry. Anyway. Uh, Be patient, please, please. I'm so so tired. tired. (laughs) Go to bed, you boofhead. Go to bed, mate. You don't have to be here, Timmy. It's 20 past 10. We talked. We talked about this. Please. Talk to me. See, this is a kid. He can't stop working. Anyway, so we're probably time we wrapped up, anyways. Yeah. Let's I think this.
0: it's time to wrap up. Um, Richard, thanks for popping in, mate. Good to see you. Listen to this. That's I, right. I, I, listen to this. Say hi.
1: Listen to this, guys. The belts, right? Timmy says, I'm so sorry about the belts being sent wrong. We have a new warehouse staff. He, he's my brother. He's an idiot. <laughs> 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 oh, I, brotherly I love. I just, I just it's not all weero, heroes wear capes. Go and have a rest, Timmy. Absolutely. Good night, guys. Thank you, everyone, for joining us tonight. We had a uh, bit on, of a record Jamie. crowd Good there on, for, for a long time. So, thank yeah, you. Yeah, look, very thanks, much. everyone, for popping in. And Did some, we get a uh, bedtime story? um what are you still doing here fuck off no one invited you right yeah <laughs> he's hiding behind you. get rid of that comment get rid of that bloody person <laughs> wait up get rid of the riff i'm trying to do it yeah i'll just get rid of him just a minute wait have a good one richard you have a great night ya, all then, the very dear. best richard bye <laughs> right now <laughs> all right now we uh we got rid of him so mert um you have a good one mate just a minute. The this this Bradstone says the G ten. The G ten came in today. I walked past the pallet. Um, yeah, it's gonna go quick as well. But fortunately there's two pallets coming. And uh the first one's just arrived, the second one's not far behind, so we shouldn't run out of G ten. Was that the half mil? Yeah.
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, damn. I need some more of the oh, one, one mil, half mil.
1: There's a shit ton of it there, mate. I've got probably, I don't know, five hundred sheets or something, so it should be all right for a little while. I've got to
0: put an order in and I've got to put an order in and do a road trip up. grabbing grabbing some steel myself and a few other bits and pieces.
1: All right. I'll do a
0: road trip up and pop in and say day and pick all the shit up.
1: Jimmy Barber says, right, let's hand it over to Mert to take it out. Mert, it's all yours. Mert, take us out, mate. It's all yours.
2: Well, thanks for listening. Don't forget to rate and review. Give us five motherfucking stars and say that we're the best knife-making podcast ever, so that's all i can say
1: they're not going to do it unless you sing it mert
2: how about how about we get like a screenshot of people's comments and there should be like a some kind of competition what do you think what do you guys think about that what best review best review becomes our next next guest
0: Oh, Ooh, that's pretty
1: That's pretty
0: yeah. clever. Yeah, let's do it. Matt yeah. Snape has, like, Matt, oh, Matt oh, Snape did, has
1: a response a nice to that. Podcast. Matt Snape has a response to that. That was pathetic, Mert. There you go.
0: Well, Matt, let's see your review on one of the podcast platforms where you both give us five stars and an outstanding review. And if your review has a little bit more quality than your digs at poor old Mert will get you on as a guest. How about that? There you go. Mm.
1: Yep, I'm righto. Okay. Oh. Toast. See you later.
0: Thanks, everyone. Good on yous. Signing out. Till next week. Be good. All the best. Bye, Jump onto the bye, uh, bye, knife to make it down on the bye, podcast page and bye, put shit on there for
2: us to look at and laugh at.
1: Mert doesn't have a Comment song on. tonight. We waited long yeah, enough.
2: Sing. Yeah, fucking Dance Monkey. Dance Monkey. Go. Fuck it. Yeah.
1: You, yeah. you had a month to
0: fucking work something out, mate.
1: No, no.
2: Come not on, yet. Mert. <laughs> <laughs> uh, now, nah,
0: let's go. Come uh, on.
2: Yeah, Good night, later. sweetheart. Well, it's time to go. Good night, sweetheart. Well, it's time to go. I hate to leave you, but really must say good night sweet cunt good night, good night. <laughs> all right good night everybody